Welcome to Younger Older. I'm Dave Wager with the leadership team here at Relate365.com. And once again, I have the privilege of talking with Nate. And if you've been following us at all, and you can go to those podcasts at Relate365.com. We've been talking about his journey from the time he got cancer until today. Do you want to bring us up to date a little bit? I mean, if those people haven't listened before and they're listening right now, uh, when did this start and, and where are we now in the process? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, roughly, it's been about a year ago is when I started to get symptoms of you know, cancer. I probably had symptoms prior, but they were very benign. It, you'd overlook it and just chalk it up to something else. Right. But it was about a year ago is uh, when I started to get pretty severe symptoms of uh, abdominal distress. Yeah, I would get severe cramping. Uh, I'd be throwing up. Uh, just very odd stuff going on. Um, you know, it started off I, towards the end of July of last year is when I really started to get the first symptoms. And I just kind of progressively got worse as time progressed. Um, yeah, I was chalked up to ulcers, uh, constipation, uh, and it got to the point where, you know, I was in the ER, uh, diagnosed with constipation three, four days later had the same symptoms and I had more fiber in my system than you could shake a stick at. And I'm like, I'm not constipated. Yeah. <laughs> we yep. got something else going on here. Yep. Uh, and at that point is when I finally got a CT scan and that's when they found that there was, uh, I had some yeah, stuff that looked cancerous. They right. were unsure at that point, just because it's you know all they have is an image, and a, you have to do you know different tests and uh, different biopsies to actually yeah. confirm the cancer. And that was uh, roughly uh, November into December is when I had that, mm. and then I was officially diagnosed with cancer in December of last year. Um, so, you know, through that process, you know, I started up with chemotherapy right away, uh, first of the year, uh, went through that, um, for, it's about four months of chemotherapy and through that, you know, I had other stuff, you know, crop up. I, you know, uh, had severe back pain, found that I had cancer through my spine, through my hip, uh, through a rib. Uh, so it's, uh, it's kind of one of those every time I went to the ER for a problem, it was kind of like pin the tail on the donkey. Yeah. You know, where's the next cancer going to show up? Yeah. And I, I say that jokingly because it's, uh, it's kind of what it was. Yep. And you know, I find, you know, as you go through this, if you can't laugh at some of the stuff, yep. you go nuts. But, uh, you know, I've been through uh, radiation treatment. Um, right now I'm going through another round of chemo. Um, currently the doctor is not happy with what the numbers are doing. Uh, one of the tests they do is uh, CEA. Um, I can't remember what the acronym stands for. You can go online and do a CEA cancer test. Um, beginning of the summer, the numbers are very low. Uh, right now, they're elevated pretty good. Mm. There's many different things that can cause that. But uh, it's, uh, you know, the unfortunate thing with the cancer that I have, with it spread so far, you know, what one treatment is going to take care of all of it. Right. And... Uh, that's kind of where we're at now is, a, you know, finding, okay, what's going to best bang for your buck, as you could say. Yeah. And uh, so, like, yesterday I had a CT scan to kind of find, you know, this cancer spreading in different areas because right now I've got some severe sciatica stuff going on, uh, which is probably the most debilitating thing I have right now. Yeah, that's not fun. No. 
I can vouch for that yeah. very well. You know, yeah. if I stand for, you know, stand still for 20 seconds, severe pain down the left leg, and it's it's miserable. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. You know, most people, when they go in for a scan, they're like, I hope they don't find anything. Yeah. I hope there's nothing there. I'm like, find something, find something. Because yeah. if they find something, they can fix it. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know how you feel. I have narcolepsy, as we've talked before. And then the bottom line really is, before I got diagnosed, I thought I was going nuts. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, this getting old stuff is tough. I'm so tired all the time. And I can't, you know, and finally you get a diagnosis and you go, oh, oh it's a, it's it makes relief. sense. Yeah. And now I could do something about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, people have, you know, an extensive illness like this, you know, especially if you're, you know, a non-believer you believe that this life is all you have when they find more stuff it's kind of stacking more stuff onto it that you don't necessarily want to deal with is it something that's going to affect you know my life expectancy yeah whereas you know with me it's like well all right god you put it there they'll use this too just like use the other stuff right now now you obviously and if they've listened to these um podcasts at all they realize you've trust in god oh, yeah. you enjoy god your relationships are better. Your relationships with people are better. Your relationship with your kids, your wife, your relationship with God. So really there's a lot of positive that's oh, yeah. going on here. Yep. Um, and if people are right now are struggling with life and, and they can't see the positive, again, I encourage them to contact us at info at um, relate365.com and see if we can't get you steered over to, to Nate and talk to him personally about it. Yeah, I'd love to talk to anybody. Then, yeah. And you don't even have to have cancer. It could be any type of illness. Now, now let me ask you this, though. Uh, people have different ideas about how to treat cancer. In fact, uh, what you don't know is the amount of people I have not sent to you that have told me, tell Nate he has to do this and he'll be better in five days uh, kind of thing. And I just haven't sent it to you because I, I've talked to you about all of these uh, get well quick schemes kind of thing now it i think that some of them might have some valid points Mm -hmm. i don't know tell me how you're balancing the idea of all the internet answers and all the the natural natural medicines and you've chosen a different route can you address that at all it's a i i trust the doctor that i'm seeing uh mainly a you know a good friend of ours uh who was diagnosed with cancer many years ago we both have the same oncologist. Okay. Uh, he's very good at what he does, and you know, I I trust his judgment. You know, he's been in this field for many many years, and you know, anything that I do, you know, any medication that I take, even vitamins, I tell the doctor, I ask the doctor, because anything you put in your body is going to affect what you're already on. Right. You know, and you know the chemotherapy that I'm on. You know, if you take something it can throw that off. You know, a great example is, you know, THC oil, right. you know, which is a big thing right now. Right. It can help out with inflammation and all that stuff. That would actually interfere with some of the medications that I'm on. Right. Which would be bad. Um, and I don't want to kind of mess that up. Right. And then, you know, some of the natural foods that you can eat, like raw vegetables and all, I can't have those. Uh, where my ileum is, there's a tumor that causes a partial blockage. Right now, it's you know I know that, so I eat foods that aren't going to be problematic. Okay. Raw vegetables will block that up, and I will be miserable. That's the symptoms that I would have, you know, prior that you know led me to get the diagnosis. Sure. And you know a lot of your natural cures are 
eat raw vegetables, eat all this stuff, and I can't have that. Right. Now, you know, I know people mean well when they say that, and they mm-hmm. really they really believe that uh, something they're doing is helping them. And I, I, what you have to do, I think, likewise with my heart condition and my narcolepsy, you have to choose who you're going to listen to. Mm-hmm. But here's what doesn't change. You trust in God. Yeah. yeah. I think God will guide you to where you need to go. And I also think that I don't care what doctor, what method you're using, the ultimate healer is God if you're going to be healed. Yeah, absolutely. And so I don't think that changes anything, but I also don't think people should get too upset with you if you don't listen to their, here's what you should do, because it's a lot more complicated than you just saying, I think you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You just explained very well that I think that it's more complicated more than you're wrong. Well, and as I've come to realization, yeah, anybody with cancer you're never 100% cured. Even right. when it's in remission, there's always a chance it's going to come back because you're, it's there. You, know, you don't know if they removed all of it. You, know, if it's, you never know. And you know, it's one of the realizations I've come to. It's I'm never going to be 100% cured. Yep. And you know, even if it was, a, you know, they caught it very early, you know, at you know, stage one. You're never fully cured. You're always going back for further testing to make sure it does not come back. And, you know, when you approach it that way, to me, there's comfort in that because it's like, okay, I'm not chasing this cure around and I'm not trying to chase anything. It's, uh, you know, I trust God that, you know, he's got my days numbered or plentiful, whatever it is. And he's the one that's going to ultimately decide when I die and Absolutely. Now, all my life, uh, I planned on not being around after 60 years old, and I'm 63. And that was because uh, every male in my family, my father, my uncle, uh, other males, died before 60 or at 60. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, well, that's kind of genetic, you know, that 60's it. And it could have been from cancer. I I think I had a grandpa with cancer, and I think another one drank himself to death, and another, you know, my dad had a heart attack, my uncle had a heart attack. And I thought, you know, it's, it's just a genetic in that mm-hmm. sense. But now I'm wondering, okay, God, that genetic stuff is fine. However, I'm 63. I feel pretty good. I have all these other medications uh, and diagnoses from different doctors and medical people that have helped me be where I'm at today. And I feel pretty good at mm-hmm. this point. So I'll probably get hit by a bus at some point. You know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure how this is all going to work. But, but in, the, in the scope of things, as we look at it, it's like, you know what? Ultimately, God can make any of the treatments you're on work. Mm-hmm. That's up to God. If, if, if this cancer is supposed to take you and it's supposed to take you on a certain date, I would promise you that you're going to be going on that date. Oh, yeah. Well, I think uh, some people fail to realize is it, the more and more you chase stuff, you know, for a cure or anything, you know, whatever you have going on medically, at some point it can become an idol in your life because yep. it all of a sudden consumes every aspect of it and when it does that it's very dangerous yeah well we all like to share things we think that work Mm -hmm. i mean we do if if i you're a mechanic so if you find a new technique a new tool and somebody's struggling and you realize oh there's this new tool that i just got i i you love to walk over and show them the new tool oh yeah yeah so so it's sharing it's not like you're going i got this new tool i'm gonna watch them get bloody knuckles you know (laughs) that's not the attitude that most people have Mm -hmm. And I believe people genuinely they you know, they want to help. Yeah, and yeah, but it's one of those. It's 
you know, once you start talking with a person, like we just, you know, I explained, it's uh, there's reasons why I can't do right certain treatments or so certain I w- things. Yeah. I would ask people to be gracious with you if they come and share a, a cure. Uh, because you may not be able to take advantage of what they're talking about, mm-hmm. but it's not like you're saying they're silly or anything. It's just, you know what? There are too many factors here. Mm-hmm. This is the route my wife and I have decided to go, and we are going to stay on that route and trust God at this point. Yep. Um, I'm amazed how the body is so, um, it's so systematic, so if you affect one thing in the body, it affects other things in the body. A doctor was trying to explain that to me once, and it was pretty amazing to listen to him talk about how how absolutely strategic and complex the whole body is. So when they start messing around with something like chemotherapy, they are messing around in a system, mm-hmm. and that whole system is going to respond to it. Oh yeah, and they have to know yep. how and what's going to happen if they're going to be prescribing that. Um, I was just talking to you about some shoulder problems I have, and. You said you take some ibuprofen once in a while. I don't take any pain relievers because of other medicines I'm on. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. I've, I've had people come and say, why don't you do this? It's like, no, it's too long for me to explain. But then it's like, well, if you just did this, you know, it, you'd have no problem there. Well, I can't do that. It interacts with this. Yeah. Well, I've, I believe it's grapefruit juice and metformin. Uh, grapefruit juice interferes with metformin and right. metformin's a diabetic drug yep. and you wouldn't think a simple thing like grapefruit juice it's natural yep but it does and it shows uh, anything that goes into the body can have an effect on something that you're taking yep. and that's why it's very important just to you know be upfront with your doctor on you know anything you're taking from uh you know vitamins because most people don't think vitamins are oh it's benign yep. well vitamins can interact with stuff absolutely when i went on uh, radiation treatment you know they asked if i was taking a certain vitamin which helps kind of protect cells and i said no i'm not taking it okay because they they said if you were you know stop taking that right and yeah that's why you 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 commit to one treatment and stick with it yeah you don't go off in any direction i and i'll never ridicule anybody for what they choose because it's you know it's that where that they feel led to do that's what they feel led to do and it's their choice and ultimately again your trust is in god yeah he can make what what the process that you're in right now work mm-hmm. and he knows the people you're going to meet and your job is to represent christ yeah. and that's the only thing that i would call somebody out on is like you know ultimately are you trusting god in this right because he's the one that's gonna it's you know it's not the treatment that's gonna fix you you know it's god yeah because god is the ultimate healer you know, with that being said, too, I want our listeners to understand if somebody's listening right now and they, they say, I don't trust God and I don't know him and I don't I don't have him in my life and I'm angry with God because I have cancer, I invite you to talk to us. Yeah. Because there there's answers here. But if you're going to ignore God, this doesn't make any sense because everybody that has lived and everybody that will ever live will die. It is y- fact y- of life. Yeah, you, <laughs> you need dies. to understand that this life is temporal. Mm-hmm. And if you're living it as if it isn't, and if you're living it as if the world should revolve around you, which it doesn't, then you're in for some very shocking realities, mm-hmm. and, and that is why you're so upset. The truth of the matter is that God loves Nate. He loves each one of us very much. He also has made it clear that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, we'll see, we'll see God, and he will be the ultimate judge. 
And if Christ isn't a part of our life, there's no hope for us. There's no way that, that we can have the life that he wants us to have. And I, you know, I don't know how else to encourage those that are listening if they're struggling in the sense of thinking that God is cheating them or hurting them or whatever else. They're missing out on one of the most beautiful realities of life. Mm-hmm. Um, my father-in-law has Parkinson's, and he's about 90 years old. And when we leave, I always get the privilege of just praying with him for a few minutes and uh, always reminding him that even though he, he's very disabled at this point, he still has the job of representing the king in this disabled world that he's in. Mm-hmm. It, it hasn't changed yet. And for some reason, God continues to give that man breath. And he continues to live in a way where he gets to demonstrate the mercy, the grace of God, only in a totally different realm than you and I would, would be doing right now. Mm-hmm. And, and likewise, those who are listening, we can't, we can't answer all the whys of life. But we can tell you that regardless of the circumstances of life, God loves you. And if you're not going to respond to him, then you don't have what, what it'll take to go through those hard times. Mm-hmm. And you'll miss out on a lot. Watching uh, Nate and his family go through this has been very special in a way because we get to see the, the faithfulness of God. Even God's people have uh, stepped up to the plate. And I'm not, I'm not talking just those who have helped your family with some of their physical needs, you know, during times where you needed it. But uh, recently, you were able to have a Christian brother offer you a job in his business. Yeah. And, and that was something that when you look at, uh, what, what arrangements, what special arrangements, let's say I own a business, and I want to be sensitive to helping somebody in your position. How do I do that? What, what do I have to be thinking of? Every day is a new day. Okay. <laughs> it's a, you know, I have my good days and my bad days um, where you know, I can wake up one morning and I feel great, or I can wake up one morning and I feel horrible. Yeah. So there's the, the flexibility of that. So now you've got a, uh, somebody who might not be as reliable as you want. Okay. <laughs> so I feel good. I show up to work and I start to get, get going and I'm uh, starting not to feel good. Yeah. So then, you know, probably have to go home so it's uh the it's the most unideal worker that you could ever hire yeah <laughs> but it's uh you know working there it's really shown me what i'm capable of doing uh, which is nice you know is the for not working for probably the last six seven months it's been very refreshing yeah you know i'm still nowhere where I was, you know, pre-cancer and, um, with all the problems that I've had and nor will I ever be to that point probably ever again. Um, so I'm very slow at what I do, but you know, God has given me the ability to be able to do stuff. Um, he's, you know, from working on vehicles or, you know, being on the sales floor, helping sell vehicles, you know, customer interactions. So he's very flexible in that aspect. Well, good. And, it's uh, you know, I'm grateful that you know to be able to work there. Yeah, and you know, I I'm, I just want to encourage people who love God and own businesses to be sensitive to the needs that are out there of people that have different um, disabilities or limitations. Not everybody has to have you know a, a full time force to work from. In fact, uh, you as a as a mechanic, you can sell cars, you can do a bunch of. Oh things. yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you know, the knowledge that comes with that. Right. 
you know, it's, uh, you know, at this point in my life right now, I know there's no way that I could do a full-time job unless it was sitting behind a desk. Right. Just because of the physical ailments that I have right now, you know, being on my feet all day is very difficult. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, the nature of the job that I have now, I can balance between, you know, being on my feet, sitting, and it works. So when you look at that uh, from a, a, a wider angle, you see again the provision of God. Yeah. And, and you see it through somebody who's a brother in Christ who basically is saying, I, I want to be able to provide this experience for you right now mm-hmm. and, and, and really work with us the best you can. And he has to realize that there are days you have to leave for chemo mm-hmm. and there are days that you're responding. And of course, uh, this particular businessman who has, has been kind to many people um, is struggling with his own cancer as well through yeah. the years. So he very much understands what you're going through. Yeah. Our stories are, you know, the more and more I get to know him, you know, I've known him for you know several years now. Right. But, you know, this last year I've really gotten to know him, you know, a lot better through the cancer stuff uh, just because of, you know, we now have a very, you know, common ground. Right. But, you know, our stories are very similar to, you know, to each other. You know, he was diagnosed, you know, with cancer nine years ago. And, you know, his kids are roughly about the same age as my kids at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a young person. Uh, you know, he was given six months to live. Um, and here it is nine years later. Uh, when I was diagnosed, I was never given a number. But if you go online and actually you know, research, you know, what I have, you know, the expectancy doesn't look good. Right. We've both have outlived our expectancy on this stuff. And, you know, that's all grace from God. You know, he has us here for a reason. Yep. And you still have your beard. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of nice. The, the chemotherapy that I've been through, it's slowed hair growth. Oh. But yeah, I haven't lost anything. Well, the, the only annoying thing that I have, you know, lasting, you know, effects of is neuropathy. Yeah. And, you know, my fingers are just, you know, slightly tingly and numb, you know, no pain in that. And the same thing in my feet, which will never go away. And, you know, it makes it kind of fun when you're trying to, you know, button buttons because you don't have that, you know, that feeling. And Well, you're a guy who shaved your head once in a while anyway. Oh, yeah. So So, balding was was a... It was the eyebrows that I was more concerned yeah, about. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> you know, if, if you lose your hair, how many people are going to know? Because you, you would play around with it anyway. You'd play mm-hmm. around with your beard. You'd play around with your oh, hair. Oh, yeah. I, you know, the, you know work, working at Silver Birch with the, you know, the MBI students, yeah. I would usually find somebody and say, hey, if you shave your head, I'll shave my beard. There you go. Because they didn't realize just how quickly my beard would grow back. Yeah. And so I'd get one lucky person, and yeah, <laughs> there it, it goes. <laughs> a little fun, a mixed in all the seriousness, a, a little bit of fun that, that goes on there. So, um, we, now when you think about the future, is you just you know you're in a position where, moment by moment, you're you're trying to figure out what is next and how you feel, and trying to to work and be a part of your family, and your relationships are are just increase you know increasing in value. As you look to the future, what are you hoping for? What are you hoping now for the future? I would love to get to the point, you know, in the work side where I can actually get back to working full time, you know, and be able to, you know, again, provide for my family and, you know, not be on, you know, some of the government assistance stuff. Right. And, you know, with, you know, working full time, it's, uh, you know, perspective changes on 
everything just because of what I have. I, you know, no matter where I wind up, I've got a great story to tell people that is a segue into Christ. Right. And I would have never had that before. Right. You know, and it's, uh, you know, who knows if that'll happen or not. You know, it's, uh, I may only be doing this, you know, part-time stuff for, you know, the rest of my life, which I'm perfectly fine with because I'm interacting with people at, you know, this business. And again, it's, a uh, you know, both Steve and I, we can sit there and talk with a customer who could be struggling yep. and you've got two people here who are, you know, God fearing, God loving individuals who have what some people would call a horrible story. Right. And we're joyful. Yep. And well, you know what? And that's, that, that is so precious to be able to be a part of that thought process. Because honestly, none of us know what tomorrow brings. No. The, the day that I got up and we had got hit by that storm, I was actually at a trout fishing place with some men because we had a, a fishing thing going on. Mm-hmm. And so I was taking care of all that and I just got home planning on going out in the morning again with these men. I was going to get a quick you know, night's sleep and get up early and go out again. And, I, and we never got to meet again. Well, fortunately, you were able to get back because uh, yep. that road. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I still have a EMT radio and all, so I was able to hear some of the stuff going on. Um, off the main highway, it is one mile to get to camp. Yep. It took crews, it was what, four hours yes. to clear that mile. Yep. And they had a lot of people there because there was a stranded uh, boater yep. out on you know one of the lakes there. Yeah, well, they got, they got to my house by one in the morning, so I don't know when they started. But my house is um, five, from Langlade there, it's five, six miles or something. And then from there, they didn't get to Rose Lake until eight in the morning. Yeah, it's that destruction was absolutely incredible from that yeah. storm. Yeah, and I just made it home. And so everything changed. Mm-hmm. Everything for my next 11 days Nothing that was on my agenda happened before that, that I had, you know, and I planned my schedules out. Nothing. I was in actually a machine piece, a machine for 10 hours a day moving branches. Mm-hmm. And so for the next 11 days was dictated by the things that I didn't even know could exist. Yeah. And that's not unusual for life. Mm-hmm. We need to understand a car accident, a storm a cancer diagnosis. This changes everything about life. And what people need to really do is focus in on the thing in life that doesn't change. If you want any stability at all, you need to know God. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. You go to one of the, the famous passages in the Bible, John three sixteen, where it just says, for, for God so loved that he gave. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about uh, the man who helped you get no, work right now and that kind of thing. We think that he loves people and he loves God and he gives. Mm-hmm. He's a very kind person and, and that's the characteristic of those who love. Yeah. If you don't know God, I encourage you to go to John chapter 3 in the Bible, read it, understand his love for you and respond to him. It's the only stability that you will ever see in life. If you've been struggling, we invite you to go to Relate365.com and download the episodes of Younger Older with Nate and Dave and listen to the journey that Nate has gone through. And God willing, we will continue to have Nate in the future. I really would like to have him with us till the day that God heals you or 
if he doesn't, uh, a long journey of talking about mm-hmm. what you're learning or until you see him face to face somehow. So thank you for listening. This has been Dave and Nate.